0: Welcome, once again, to Political as Heck, a podcast where we discuss Utah politics and policy. I'm Corey Astle, joined by Utah State Senator Todd Weiler. What's going on, Todd? Hey, oh, hey Corey.
1: Week three's done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And we are going to have an opportunity to hear about all 77,000 of your bills, but not today, because we have a couple of great guests. Hey, now, but Ken Ivory has 62 bill files open. I have like a, a fourth oh. of them, so... You're slacking. Berkman has more bills than I do. Wow. You're slacking. You've never lost to anyone in your career. <laughs> that is not true. That is not <laughs> true. All right. Today's uh we're very pleased to have guest Representative Jordan Tusher. And I want to welcome you. Representative Tusher, thanks for coming. Yeah, and, thanks for uh, having me. You've been on here before, so I won't make you do the entire song and dance, but I wonder if you could just remind our our listeners, which district do you represent? Where are you from? What got you into politics?
2: <laughs> that's a that's a deep question. But uh, I represent District Forty Four, so I have uh, most of the west side of South Jordan, and then a little little sliver of the uh, southwest part of West Jordan. And uh, I was elected in twenty twenty, and really been involved in. Uh, in grassroots politics uh since i was a senior in high school and just love to be involved and and it's uh, been quite a ride in the legislature so far.
0: Awesome. All right, so we are interested in hearing about your bills, but we want to start with a bill that that uh that that you have run that's uh that's gotten some media play and and i think seems like a really cool thing and it relates to uh unions and the way that they can Charge dues, can you tell us about your bill?
2: Yeah, this is House Bill uh, 285. Um, The intent behind the bill is really just to provide some more transparency um, in in the way that government funds are being used uh, with public sector labor unions and make sure there's a better accountability for some of those public sector labor unions. So this is a bill that uh, passed the House Business and Labor Committee a week ago last Friday and uh, we'll be soon on the House floor. And uh, really there's three main provisions in the bill. Um, the first is for those public sector labor unions, and and just to be clear, these are ones that are um, labor unions that represent government employees. That's all the bill uh, deals with. So it doesn't have anything to do with the private sector or electricians or construction workers or anything like that. But for those government workers, um, the first element of the bill is for those public sector labor unions that do collective bargaining it would say that every five years they have to recertify so essentially all of the labor union members come together and vote whether or not they want that labor union to be the one that represents them when they go to do collective bargaining with the government uh, a lot of uh, labor unions in the state uh certified back in the in the 1970s and uh, no one alive that actually is a member of the union voted to have them be the one that represented them. So we're hoping that this will provide a little more um, accountability and uh, and transparency in us. The uh, the second provision in in the bill uh, um, deals with the paycheck protection And as for all wins each year, if you want your dues deducted from your paycheck, you just have to um, affirmatively state say that you want to. So similar to what you would do with your uh, health insurance elections, your FSA, um, you know, any any other type of insurance, uh, you would come in and say yes. Go ahead and take out my dues. of The bill just says that um, no taxpayer money or taxpayer property can be used to support labor unions. So there is a, a practice around a lot of public sector labor unions that give paid time off to government employees to go do labor time work, which essentially is taxpayer money that's going to government workers to do labor union work. And and that shouldn't be done. And then also uh, labor unions should be treated just like any other organization in terms of their access to to public property. So if if you're going to allow the Kiwanis Club or the Rotary Club to use a room in a public building, then a labor union can use the room. If you're going to charge that group, then you should charge the labor union, but just treat them the same. And that's really what the bill does.
0: That's great stuff. So we know that the unions opposed it. Why would they oppose this?
2: <laughs> good question. Um, I, I think one, there's just a lot of misinformation about it. Uh, they're they're very good at uh, organizing, right? That's what they do, and uh, and they've been uh, told a lot of things that the bill does that it doesn't do, and so that's that's part of I think the angst. But I think two um they've kind of been fat and happy they're they're happy to have the government be the one that's their dues collector for them and then just passes on the dues they're happy to not have to stand up for re-election and so uh they see this as a threat to their ability to uh keep control over some of some of the power that they have now and and what we're really hoping is that this just provides more transparency in the process and and really helps those government employees that want to be part of a labor union that the unions will be more responsive to their needs
0: yeah yeah that's great everyone i've told about this bill i mean their response has all been that's great why aren't we why haven't we been doing this all along but just to clarify are you jordan are you doing this because you hate teachers
2: (laughs) that's a good question uh no i love teachers in fact um i've got two siblings that are teachers I uh, I'm a, uh, signed up to be a substitute teacher in the Jordan School District, so I, I have a lot of respect for teachers. And, uh, and the reason for running the bill actually came from some teachers and other government workers that felt like, hey, we're not able to, to sell our ideas. They have thought, you know, maybe we could come up with a union that would be better than what the current teacher union is. And just even bringing up that idea gets them blackballed and, and placed in uh, kind of the outer darkness of um, of the teaching world. And so we're, we're hoping that just prompting that discussion every five years will allow for these teachers to be able to bring their needs and desires up and, and have a little more free market competition in the union space.
0: Great stuff. So what's next? It goes to the House floor. And what are the what are the uh, prospects for it there?
2: I think they're really good. I've talked with a lot of my colleagues about this. Like you said, you know, everyone that I explain, you know, even just regular people, I talk about the bill. They think, oh, this is common sense. They had no idea that that some government resources were going to these um, public labor unions. But that being said, you know, uh, there there's a lot of angst and and questions about it. So hopefully over the next few days, I can I can help resolve those and it will fly through. And then uh, uh, Senator Weiler can can help rally the troops on the Senate side.
1: So, Jordan, does this um, bill affect, is it, it's uh, UEA, it would be UPEA, is there any other organizations? Yeah, so all all public
2: sector labor unions. Yeah, but so what, it, what
1: are they, fraternal? Includes,
2: like, yeah, uh, public safety unions, there's paraprofessional unions, the Utah um, Public Employees Association, you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, but, but again, that, that first provision on recertification only applies to those who do collective bargaining, which is actually a pretty select group. It's, I know from the public safety perspective, um, I believe Salt Lake City Police and Salt Lake City Fire are the only public safety uh, unions that do collective bargaining. And then um, not all teacher unions do it, but the majority of the teacher unions across the state do collective bargaining.
1: Okay. And I thought that Howard Stevenson had passed a similar bill to this like back in the 90s.
2: Well, it used to be back in the 90s that um, that even if you didn't want to be a member of the union, that uh, you had to if, if you were unionized or there was a collective bargaining, you had to pay into the union because okay. they were, quote unquote, rep- still representing you. And there was a okay. Supreme Court case, uh, the Janus decision that, that said that that was unconstitutional. So that provided some good barriers to those that didn't want to be part of the union. They didn't have to spend any of their money on that but still those that want to be part of the union, there isn't a lot of regulation uh, in in Utah code. And that's what this is trying to put those safeguards in place.
1: Okay.
0: Well, that sounds fantastic. And I hope it goes great. Thanks. I uh, want to give you a chance to talk about any of, you know, another bill or two of yours that, that you're running that you might want people to know about.
2: Well, let me talk about
0: one that uh, is close to my
2: heart here in Salt Lake County. I've been working on trying to deal with with some of the issues here as we get to -to wall-to-wall cities uh, in Salt Lake County or counties of the first class. um, How how do we relook at the role of the county? And so I've got two bills in trying to get us to that step. Right now, we have a number of areas that you're either uh, designated as metro townships, so they're not municipalities. They're sort of a halfway between a municipality and, and an unincorporated space. So I have House Bill 35 that turns all of those metro townships just into cities and towns. So we get rid of that designation of metro township and allow them to stand on their own. And then I've got uh, House Bill 330 that takes the unincorporated islands. So an area of unincorporated um, parts of the county that are completely surrounded by municipalities and gives them a three-year timeline to either uh, annex or incorporate uh, into a city of their choice, or they will be automatically annexed into the largest city uh, that they share a boundary with. So been working really close with stakeholders on that, but I really feel like it's an important bill, or both of them are important bills that will get us closer to getting to all the wall cities in the county and, and maybe reducing the scope and, and um, stewardship of, of what the county provides in Salt Lake.
0: That's super intriguing. So what kind of response have you had from the, the areas that are unincorporated?
2: So far, uh, very positive. House Bill 35 is supported by all of the Metro Townships. It's supported by Salt Lake County, local service districts, etc. No real opposition there. It's um, passed that House Standing Committee and the House floor unanimously. Uh, house Bill 330 passed the uh, House Standing Committee unanimously. Um, so far is supported by the uh, historic communities that are some of those islands, like, like uh, Granite, um, that support it. Working closely with Salt Lake County right now, they're neutral on the bill. And uh, Sandy's has been cautiously supportive. They recently have come up with a, a few concerns that we're trying to work through. But th- I'm hoping to be able to land this plane and, and solve a, a problem that we've had in the county for for decades.
0: Awesome. All right. Great stuff. Thanks a bunch for joining us. That's some really good stuff that you're working on. Yeah. And, and I know last year you had an, an all-star, or yeah, last, last uh, session you had a, an all-star Pro Bowl level uh, session for your first one, so this is great too. And well, that wasn't.
1: A, he's been in for like is this your third session, Jordan. Oh, third it's session,
2: my fourth, 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 oh, fourth. session, fourth. Yeah. yeah, yep. So I know time flies. It's it. it's going <laughs> by, but I Lupe appreciate. Was, it. Thank you guys for having me.
1: Yeah, Lupé was new last year, and Cutler was new, but Jordan's like a a, a senior now or a junior at least. In
0: high <laughs> right on.
2: Thank you, Todd. Thanks, Corey.
0: Thanks. Appreciate Jordan, all your
2: help.
1: We also have, Corey, uh, Senator Lincoln Fillmore joining us, um, and I get to serve with Lincoln in, in the Senate, and he's one of my favorite people. He's got a charter school background and currently is a small businessman.
0: Welcome, Lincoln.
3: Hey, thanks, Todd. You're one of my favorites, too. Good to be with you, and you too,
0: Corey. Thanks a bunch. So glad you could join us, and you've been on the show before, and I know you've maybe listened once or twice, and so <laughs> I especially want to get you get you on here to share a little bit about your bills i uh, i want to start with a couple though the first is your resolution to welcome major league baseball i wonder if you could share a little bit about that
3: yeah that has to be the the favorite piece of legislation i've ever worked on in my life <laughs> this is my ninth session and that bill was just a blast to uh you know to to write um uh, i mean our attorneys write it you know but <laughs> to work to work with the writing of it was just a joy if you've read it see why uh, it was just a lot of fun. It was uh, it was really great to present. Dale Murphy came and sat next to me on the Senate floor. He was wow. one of my first childhood, childhood heroes, you know. Uh, I was I, wondering who I that know, old
1: guy he, was over he, there. He did,
3: I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, he's a great guy. It, it was really a lot of fun to present uh, in all committees and on the floor and to watch it on the House floor. It was just it was just really a blast. And it, it's made it all the way through now. Uh, It's, uh, I guess, awaiting the governor's signature since it's a concurrent resolution. Uh, But, uh, you know, I'm just thrilled to have it. And I hope that that demonstrates to Major League Baseball that the state is united behind this effort and that that helps us get a Major League expansion team.
1: So Lincoln, I think there were two votes against it on the uh, Senate floor. I think those votes were concerned that if we get Major League Baseball, there's going to be a big request for taxpayer funding. Were there votes against it in the House as well?
3: Yeah, there were two. So we had about 95% support in the legislature, which is pretty strong. It Would have been nice to have it unanimous. Um I certainly understand people's hesitation, you know, cuz you don't know what's coming in the way of an ask, but I uh, I wish they would have maybe voted against the bill if they didn't like it instead yeah. of a resolution that says go go Utah. But at any yeah. rate,
0: <laughs> That's what it seems like to me. So we've talked about this on the on the podcast before about the prospects for Major League baseball coming and so forth, but what do you think, Lincoln? Are we going to get a team? Or everything. No? Yeah.
3: Everything I hear is that the indications are very positive for Salt Lake City. We have everything that Major League Baseball is looking for when it comes to size and income and ownership and location. And I think we've just demonstrated local support through this resolution. Uh, I think that Utah is at the top of the heap, especially in the western half of the country. Um you know, I I don't imagine why any pro sports team would think about locating in Portland at this point. And, uh, you know, Utah is Utah and Salt Lake are just, you know, are just the our economy is great. Our people are great. Our culture is great. You know, we, we, we hit above our weight in so many, uh, so many facets. And, and sports is one of those, right? We're one of the smallest market NBA teams, uh, you know, of the 30 or 32 teams in the NBA. But, we're like number 3 for local television ratings. It's really incredible because, you know, we just we just love our teams. Uh, and that's true for college and professional sports. You know, we've got uh we broke attendance records when the bees moved here uh, back in 1994 and you know, we've just grown. We've shown what we can do with the olympics and with the jazz and our minor league teams. We're just ready for a major league team and I'm I'm just so excited to be able to get it. Well,
1: oh, let, it. let me you tell so. you, Corey, and I don't know if you know this Lincoln, but I I believe that Steve Starks and Gail Miller actually visited every other major league baseball team Mm -hmm. last summer. Like they went to the stadium and schmoozed the owners because ultimately um, it's the MLB owners that are going to decide um, who gets the expansion teams. And unlike hockey, we know that major league baseball is going to add two teams in the next three to five years. I think hockey is more of a pipe dream right now. I I hope it comes into fruition but this Major League Baseball expansion is going to happen, and it's likely to happen, you know, in, in Nashville or or Portland or Salt Lake or, you know, there's a few other cities mentioned. I just looked at the population of Oregon. It's 4.233 million people, so it's only about 800,000 larger than Utah. But here's what's interesting. Portland is actually losing – I mean, uh, Oregon is actually losing population right now. People are fleeing the liberal the liberal <laughs> policies. <laughs> And Utah is gaining population, one of the fastest growing states. And so, even in that population category, I mean, look what happened to Detroit, Michigan. That, like in the 1979 or so, you know, people said, "Last one out of Detroit, turn off the lights," and and Detroit lost a huge amount of population in the next 25 years. So, I, I'm wondering if that could happen to Portland. But yeah, I think we've got a lot of metrics that are in our favor. And on top of an expansion team, uh, Lincoln, it looks like. We might have the Oakland A's playing here, like next year, uh, for two yeah. years. Wait for their I, I think
3: stadium. Got a, good, a good chance for that. Get us a, a. I think that will that will only demonstrate uh, our strength and ability well, to support
1: a team. But it could. It, I mean, but if if we can't fill the new B stadium up for the Oakland A's, that could work against us. And so I'm hoping there's a big you know turnout. And I think like the Real Salt Lake, I think we'll draw people from Wyoming and Montana and Idaho. Um, you know for those MLB games because the, the, those folks yep. are drive down for for real salt lake pretty
3: pretty, yep. pretty no, that's right.
0: yeah. we would beat we would beat vegas in attendance like absolutely <laughs> no. oh,
1: but but hold on yeah. every week in vegas they've got tens of thousands of convention tourists and and some of those people will go to MLB games so i think we would beat vegas if 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 you if you took out the tourists but vegas is all built on conventions and you know, if someone if someone's a Cubby fan and they're in Vegas for work for a week and the Cubs are playing, I'm just making up a, a scenario. They're going to go see the Cubs while they're there. Uh, most of the MLB games that I've been to, I've been on other business trips or other vacations, and we, and we worked in an MLB game. So I think that'll happen a lot. A lot of tourist um, uh, revenue, I think, for the MLB team in Vegas is my guess.
0: All right, one last question on this, Lincoln, and that is you represent uh... – the South side of the County yeah, is the next fight. If we get MLB, the next fight is to bring the stadium to, to <laughs> you the want a Draper,
3: Mr. Lehigh. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I'm excited that uh, when the A's come here, they'll be playing in my district. And that'll be, that'll just be. Ah, yeah. Yes.
1: But, but just to clarify the proposal right now is that the baseball stadium would be built directly. What uh, South of the state fair park. Um, so it right. would be along that North Temple corridor on the west side, almost to the airport. But the beauty uh-huh. of that is you already have tracks and front runner in that arena. You've got I-80-215 and I-15 in that area. You have an airport literally five minutes away. And those are all yeah, things right. that the MLB looks for. And so the, there is no mystery there, Corey. If this happens, it's it's going to be on North Temple. And that area, I've been to probably not as many as Lincoln, but I've probably been to two dozen MLB stadiums, and they all have about 40 restaurant bars within you know walking distance of the yeah. stadium. So I think you would see a total revival of that area along North Temple, and it needs it. It needs it badly. That's true. Um, but um, I think that would be great for the west side of Salt Lake. Yeah, it would.
3: And great for the state.
1: And it would be great for the Fair Park, because it would just bring in, I think, a lot more activity for the Fair Park as well. And you know,
3: we, we have, if we're not spending too much time on this, Todd, it would also be great for the Jordan River uh you know the the ballpark and that property abuts the Jordan River just over there on the oh, west side and part of the commitment on uh for building the stadium there is to improve the river and really make make it comparable to the river walk in San Antonio wow. and really spruce up the Jordan River so that it can be like the, you know the wonderful outdoor amenity that every other river city is right
1: uh, we're going like to, really to a a, we're gonna have that. to displace a displace a few hundred homeless people to make that happen <laughs> <They're> <laughs> not <gonna be> happy. <laughs> and i only say that cuz i've ridden my bike along the jordan river trails and it's it's bizarre i mean uh it's it bizarre, you see out
0: there so yeah it's a, right, a we want to like give you a Easter chance park,
3: it's an underused asset
0: yeah we want to give you a chance to talk about your other bills. I know you got, uh, awesome. you, got you got a couple related to teacher compensation and incentives. I don't know if yeah. you want to talk about that or another bill that you have in mind.
3: Yeah, thanks. I, I'm uh, I'm just as excited about this bill on teacher compensation. You know, we've worked for a lot of years in Utah. I've been the chair of the Public Ed Budget Committee. So we've raised teachers starting teacher salaries from when I was started in the legislature. They were about 35000 and now along the Wasatch Front, starting teacher salaries are about $60,000. It's really an incredible jump in just nine years. We've made historical investments in public ed and in teacher salaries. Um, but the starting salary, while it's good, it's actually the best now in our region. Um, there's really just, is once you start, there's no upward mobility, right? I mean, you can get a degree, right? But generally, uh-huh. if you keep teaching, you get raises of eight, 900 bucks a year. We really need a way to uh, make sure that teaching becomes an actual profession, that if people stay in teaching, that they know that they have upward mobility. So my bill would provide massive bonuses for the state's highest performing teachers, as high as Mm $20,000. So that somebody who's mid-career can make $100,000 a year as a high quality teacher teaching in a school where they're going to have a great impact. We want to keep those teachers inside the classroom and, uh, you know, I got an email from a teacher the other day saying, I've been a teacher for a long time. I was planning to retire. But if your bill passes, I think retirement will wait and not mm-hmm. happen as soon as it could. And it's just a fantastic thing to be able to, to, to see. You know, I, I want to be able to keep excellent teachers in the classroom, reward them for the excellent work they do.
1: So, Corey, I just want to put a point on one thing he said. So even if this bill does not pass this year, utah as of right now the moment we're talking we pay our teachers more than idaho colorado nevada um arizona new mexico every state that we touch we are paying teachers more than all of our surrounding states and that i mean and yet you're going to hear from the uea and from the teachers union we need more money and you do you don't care about us and and the fact of the matter is, we have done historic investment after historic investment, and they'll get another raise this year. They're not going to get as much as they're asking for, but they will get another raise this year. It, it's absolutely amazing what, what we've been able to do in the last decade since Lincoln joined us. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> stuff. So,
0: so Lincoln, uh, what kind of performance is required to achieve these types of pay raise incentives?
3: specifics will be set by the districts but where the the legislative guidelines are that you need to take into account student academic growth and what that looks like is going to be different from teacher to teacher because band teachers will be eligible for this too right Um, and uh, professional observations and the work product they do how they collaborate with their other teachers um, how they contribute to school culture Um, again these are set by districts then there's a component of student and parent reviews and um colleague staff reviews so uh, as long as they include those metrics districts have freedom to be able to fine-tune those the way they want it might look different district by district but as long as they're validated supported by actual data and that each district can identify who its top teachers are i am just fine rewarding those teachers and making sure that every teacher who enters the profession knows if i stick with this i i hone my craft and I perform at a high level, I can earn a hundred thousand dollars a year as a public school teacher.
0: That's, That's awesome. awesome. So uh traditionally teachers unions and other stakeholders on uh, you know on that side of the ledger have not been thrilled about incentive type pay. So what they kind of re- response yeah. would you get?
1: They hate it. They want they want socialism. Uh,
0: <laughs> So uh,
3: I'm still working with uh, with teachers and with school districts. Uh, they do have some concerns. I think I've addressed uh, every concern that I've heard from them in the legislation. Um, but I don't know. You know, I mean, ultimately, I, I I think that there may be some level at which the union thinks that it's in their interest to be able to have the teachers coming to the union for better pay instead of to the legislature. But uh, to me, it's just all about getting the teachers the money that they deserve when they are the highest performing teachers in the state. If we don't reward those teachers, they're just going to leave teaching. Uh, yeah. You know, they go to administration, they might go to some other industry, and we just lose them in the public schools. And that that hurts our kids. It, it hurts our future. I want to keep those excellent teachers in the classroom uh, by by letting them know that they can earn $100,000 a year at the top of their game.
1: Corey, about six years ago, I'm just guessing, it could have been five, it could have been seven, we were losing math and science teachers like nobody's business. They were getting pilfered by the private sector because they had these hard science degrees. And so we had a bill that we were going to boost the pay for, for science and math and, and math teachers. I think we passed it. But before we passed that bill, I had teacher after teacher sent up to talk to me from, from the union, telling me that if all the teachers couldn't get a raise, then none of them should get a raise. And they're going to say the same thing this year. It, it is so that those, those unions teach socialism. Um, They're all in lockstep and they're all equally valuable. And, and I'm sorry, but that's not how the real world works. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I just quick, you know, as long as we're in a situation where we pay our top teachers, the same as our mid-level teachers, the same as our poor teachers, we're just not going to be an attractive spot, an attractive profession for, the most excellent people, right? Excellent yeah. teachers can be excellent at almost anything. Uh, uh, so we, we just need to make sure that we reward them for their excellence to keep them in the classroom.
0: Yeah, great. Love it. Okay, All right. Thanks a bunch. Thank thanks you thanks guys. for joining us. That's good stuff. Thanks yeah. for all your good work. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. We'll
1: see all you right. next week, Corey. Thanks, Lincoln.
0: Thanks. thanks. Thank you, Bye-bye. guys.